1: Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. As always, you can download this on its own Apple Podcast feed. Just search Permission Granted. Also, you can go to the DA Show Apple Podcast feed or anywhere, really, that podcasts are downloaded. Search Permission Granted or the DA Show. You'll get them both there. Also, go to our website, cbsportsradio.com. This week, Mraz is out. He is on paternity leave, so that has left... The regular crew being myself, Pete the Body, and Andrew Bogish. Bogish, however, has taken off the end of the week, and that means that Brad Heller has slid into the update role. So, Brad will join us on side B of the PGP. But on the front side, the side A, Pete the Body is going to be here with me. Pete the Body, good morning.
2: Hi. Hi, DA. Good to see you, buddy.
1: And also sliding in for Miraz this week has been Young Diaper Alien Sam Rubinoff. Sam, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, you were just saying as we, uh, we signed on here that Sam's been doing a good job Sam's this week. Sam's a
2: hustler. Sam's a hustler. Um, it's very, sometimes it's very hard in this business now, especially now with how things get cut and things get condensed, to get people in here.
1: Staffing-wise. Uh,
2: Staffing-wise, that, that have the heart and the desire and, and are still hustling, and Sam hustles. He's done, doing a good job for us, and uh, we always looked at him in high regard. Yes. From when he came, he started, and, and to now. So he's doing a very good job as a producer this week.
1: I want to get into some of the. the- backbiting that's happened with Mraz and other producers. (laughs) I want to get into um, Sam's early returns, how he feels about doing the show, but I want to start with Sheila in the Bay Area. Because Sheila in the Bay Area led off our Tuesday show, right? Yes, she did. And I don't remember Sheila from the overnight days. She was calling from KNBR, I believe, in the Bay Area. And Mraz, you know, he texted me after he'd heard that on the podcast or whatever, and he's like, oh, Sheila was an old caller. I was like, I don't remember Sheila... Ever calling is like, oh, no, no, we had her calling before
2: she was a peach. Was um, she amazing? I feel like it was a staged call. That's how that's how unique and eccentric she was. She was just in she was into the Raiders, well into Kenny Stabler,
1: really uh, and, into Kenny Stabler. Yeah.
2: And I, I don't even I don't remember anything to do with uh, someone named Sheila. From the overnight, I mean, I, I wasn't working in the overnight with you guys, but I, we came across each other when, yeah. you know, Tiki and Tini were in the mornings and whatnot. Yeah. And, but she was just, she had a lot to say and wants to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: She is amazing. I want to play a little clip of Sheila right now so that you guys who didn't hear her can hear it. Sports What's your radio. name? My name's D.A. That's my initials, D.A. It stands D. A. for Damon, District Damon Attorney. Damon Amendolara is my full name, but yes, De kind Abbas of like District Actually, Italian. So, Oh, un, un a, poquito, I've been to said, Italy.
0: No. Yeah, I was okay. in Italy.
1: I know. They seem like my type of people.
0: Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah, yeah they do. What they... is your nickname then?
1: In the black hole? No. Oh, you're in the black hole? No, no. I'm just saying, are you asking me who my nickname is if I was in the black hole? Yeah. Do <sighs> Does it have to be like something dangerous?
0: <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, number two?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever date Ken Stable? No.
0: He would never date me because he came from Alabama and I come from Hayward, California. I tried to. Okay. When I found out that he was two months and four days older than me, yes, I did try to date him. I have two dolls, though. If, uh, if you take it off the air because I don't work the computer, I'd like to send you a picture of my two Stabler dolls. One's a Saints and the other's a Raider.
1: All right, so that's the amazing Sheila in the Bay Area. And Sam, you answered the phone on Sheila. Did you know how crazy she was going to be? It was she, a trash Tuesday.
3: It was a trash Tuesday, and she came in. I guess now thinking back on it, she didn't necessarily know what trash Tuesday was, but okay. she came in upset that the Raiders were not going to allow the black hole in Vegas. So I'm like, all right, this is perfect, great trash Tuesday. Someone who's up at three o'clock in the morning going to give us a great start to the morning. So I'm thinking, all right. And then she started rambling. I'm like, all right, let me let me get you up. So I'm like,
2: <laughs> now thinking Float about down it, there. Sheila. And I'm like, all, all right, come on, <laughs> Sheila,
3: save your take, and then. But the Brady stuff that came out of nowhere, and then she hated Tom Brady, the Kenny he... Stabler stuff came out of nowhere. I-, I thought we were getting to no black hole in Vegas, which isn't she true. kind of
1: got she to, kind of
3: got to, Not also kind of made up because the black hole is invited to Vegas <laughs> to keep the tradition going. So, but it, it kind of worked a little kooky morning call, but I didn't see what we got coming. It was perfect.
2: Now, do, do, does she know she was calling a morning show? Because she, she was in, in the clouds no. on that. Actually. Well, she also
1: asked me my name. <laughs> she called about,
2: you before, apparently.
1: She called me before, apparently. I don't remember it, but she was six minutes into her take. Then she finally said, who am I talking to? What's your name? So she called a radio show without knowing who the radio host was to get something off of her chest, and then it was embroiled in the conversation for so long that she even didn't care who she was
2: talking no, to. She was so intent on talking about Kenny Stabler and his chin strap. And just kept going, filibustering, going on and on and on. But it just made for radio gold. I mean, it. I, I look, usually after the show, I go and I take a look at everything we've done. I'll circle things. I'll mark things. Something Aras said or didn't say or, or whatnot or something I said. And I'll mark it in for our drops, the, the clever bits of audio that we drop in every day. Yeah. And I went through the folder yesterday. We had about 12 Sheila. <laughs> 12 <laughs> Sheila drops. From one drops, phone call. From one phone call. One phone call, we, we started that segment talking about Philip Rivers, and it That's went right. into that. I, I, I was just, it was amazing. It, we got back from the break thinking, oh, we're going to get some Philip Rivers uh, tweets and whatnot. Now we got, she looked Tweets. Yeah, Sheila tweets. it was just it just sparked a lot of emotion from our fans
1: and she I said, did you ever try to or did you ever date Kent Staler? She said I tried. I tried, but he wouldn't he wouldn't date me because I was from California. He was from Alabama or Louisiana or something. And I'm like, that does not sound
2: right. I like to see the exchange when that was trying uh, about to take place.
1: Maybe that's what he told Sheila. I can't date somebody from California, but there was clearly a different reason. As I was he's
2: th- running out of the locker room as she's chasing
1: him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because my guess is he dated people from just about everywhere.
2: Oh, yeah. He was I mean, the snake. Big A big-time quarterback at the time. You get, you're get you going to be involved in a lot of that and stuff. And a
1: big-time nightlife guy.
2: Oh, yeah. you got party. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of party, especially with Al Davis around.
1: Yes. So, Sam, now you produce three shows for us in the morning. But you produced shows for us when we were doing the mid-mornings, 9 to noon Eastern Yeah,
3: time. I did a couple of those mid-morning shows, fill in here and there maybe once a week if Mraz had to take a day off. But nothing where I was in for a full week. And now this is my first, what would be, four days coming up on the morning
1: show. And how's the experience been? I,
3: I mean, I like it a lot. I like working on your show uh, more than I would say any other show. Um, just because I feel I've gotten to know the show a lot better because I, I fill in for Kaplan right. as well, You do the watch so it, simulcast quite a bit. Yeah, so it helped that I started to really learn the show doing that, watching it. And then I filled in a bunch on the board. Um, when we were mid-mornings and now here on the morning show, I like the extra hour. It gives us another hour to mm. keep talking, to expanding on things. And mm-hmm. we don't have to necessarily fit in segments and make them too small to try and fit everything in. We don't have time to expand upon everything. And I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but there's no more cut line because we really don't need a cut line anymore because we, we get can get everything in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, here's what I like about Sam is mm-hmm. that he knows that there's a reason for every segment. We have something prepared for every segment. And so if we need audio pull from a previous interview, audio cut from something that's online, something set up from earlier in the show, a stat, a story or something, I think Sam has been very, very good at all three of these days saying, what do we need here? Let's get you that.
2: that he's the example of thinking ahead. I tell a lot of these guys that come in that filling for us and filling on, on our show, and just in general, filling in across the network, thinking ahead is very key, because you have to anticipate where the host is going to go, what what the host might need moving forward. And Sam is on top of that with, with with cuts and highlights. I'll always ask the next segment, the segment before, "Hey, what are we doing here with the cut?" He'll have one ready. And, and and that's how it should be. And and he adapted to it very fast. To I mean, it, I don't know. I think it's been like a year and a half. You've been here. Yeah. And it that's that's quick. So I
1: mean, not to take shots that are unwarranted, but I mean, the flip side is Moraz doesn't often do that. <laughs> Moraz does not often think ahead. Would you? I think that's a fair critique.
2: Well, yeah, I I think Moraz is very in the moment. Yeah. Very in the moment. Right. I think that's the part of the appeal to Sean. Uh, it's just a very. It could be a very erratic in the moment. Yes. But he's. It that's that's where his bread and butter is. It's right. not so much you know thinking ahead into the planning you, organizing. Right. It's it, of that yeah. It's a jumbled. Uh, it's a uh, jambalaya I would say <laughs> of, of of thoughts and uh, inf- and information and just food.
1: So it because on Friday last Friday he got his eleven ten on the SAT. He was starting to gloat and he was starting to feel himself. So he started calling out all the other producers. And he called them all overrated right. and this and that, grouchy.
2: Now, and- I agree with him on one of them. I did agree with him on one of them, but, but it was unjust for everybody else.
1: And so we've invited some of those producers on the show this week to have their moment, their platform. So let's go through this. We start with <laughs> Anthony now, AP. MVP. Who took, I mean, took down Mraz in a big way on Tuesday by reenacting Merez's epic Pat Shermer rant and basically saying, You want a doofus? I could play a doofus too. <laughs> I mean, how do we grade out AP's Oh, it's A plus.
2: That's an A plus. He he's a I said this to you during the show where it was off the air. He's an untapped talent, I feel uh-huh. Anthony Pierrino, he does the sports minutes, he does the weekends, and now they've taken away his board op, so he does it all by himself. So
1: he's producing and board hopping. Yeah. I mean he he which can, he's not happy about because he thinks maybe Mraz caused that by giving Moraz a raise. I,
2: I can't go into I couldn't go into semantics <laughs> on that, but he could he could have a point. I don't know, but he um, he um, he's just a uh, he's a guy that's behind the scenes, and you view him behind the scenes a lot because that's you know he's not really on the air. He does some anchoring, but when he when he submitted tapes for anchoring, which we, is the
1: sports updates, the sports
2: updates, we were. I was like, let's give him a shot. Let's get him going, and we we try to do it every month where he's at least anchoring once too. So his 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 takedown on Miraz was a plus. He was he was on the game. He knew it was a lot of frustration. You could tell. Yeah. Eight years of <laughs> like f- frustration <laughs> that he's able to get out there. It was, it was a cleansing for AP, and I, w- I feel I feel good for him.
1: I do too. I want to play a little bit of AP right now. I mean, I could easily go on a rant about Adam Gase. I mean,
0: why did the Jets hire Adam Gase? He was supposed to be this offensive innovator. He was supposed to make Sam Darnold the franchise QB. What happened? His biggest accomplishment this past year, he became an internet meme. Did you see his eyes during his introductory press conference rolling all over the place? It looked like he was on drugs. What has Adam Gaze done? Another wasted season. Seven and nine. Nine straight years without the playoffs. And he's ruining Sam Darnold. Offensive genius. My ass. My big fat ass.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, AP was just killing us with this. It was so, so good. I I don't want, Sam, you as a young guy to have to rip Meraz because that's that's not comfortable for you, and you respect the guys that have been here for a while. But I will ask you, were you at all surprised that AP had such fervor behind ripping Mraz?
3: No, that didn't that didn't really surprise me at all. No. I
1: see why people
3: have that reaction. I mean, even on days where I've I've bored up, uh, when Pete's out and Sean's in, and he starts getting going on something, he'll turn off his mic, and I— there were a couple of times early on I kind of looked over at him, and I was about to say, like, hey, maybe that's not correct. But, you know. <laughs> like if was, a rant that would be factually yeah, inaccurate? I can't, I can't think of a I can't think of the example. But you'd, be, but you'd know, like, that's not right. Right, just something that I'd be like, that's not right. I, should I stop him? And then I'd look in, I'm like, no, nah, I can't stop him. Let's roll with it. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Let's keep this going. So I definitely understand where everyone gets their... Mm-hmm. Kind of rage towards Morat, towards Moraz. Well, that's okay. the
2: beauty of it too, that, and that also leads to drops. Leads to about ten thousand of them that we have in the folder yeah. of things that where he hasn't thought ahead.
1: You're the buffoon,
2: right? 19, oh, eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, you're the buffoon.
1: So then we had Mike Samteron, who directly was called overrated by Moraz on Friday's show. And he's the producer of Tiki and Tierney. Then he joined us, and he tore to shreds. Moraz called him garbage and trash. His booking terrible. Let's listen to a little bit of, of Samter right here.
0: Could anyone else do his job? It, of course, anyone else—a trained monkey can do his job. My my dog, who's sitting here licking licking the floor right now, could do his job. Because, da, I've heard you when you fill in for you know back in the day with Gottlieb and Jim Rome. And, and Marash doesn't really pop in that much, because usually you have Cell or Seglia or even myself filling in for you, and you're so much better when you don't have a clown interjecting himself into the conversation. You can just sit there and talk and be you, because at the end of the day, it is a DA show. It's not the DA and Marash show. Like even, even Stugas has his name a little bit on, on Levitart's show. Marash's name isn't even on there. He just likes to throw himself in there. To add whatever kind of comical nonsense he wants to to your show. At the end of the day, man, you're better without him. Uh whether you even need a producer, it's really more just for booking guests and and, and coordinating some ideas, but those ideas aren't coming from Marache, they're coming from you. You're a smart guy. So I don't know what Marash really adds to the conversation.
1: So, Pete, having heard Mike Samter, who do you think was more authentically angry at Moraz? Uh, AP. AP.
2: AP. I, I thought Santa presented it in the in the corporate form. Uh-huh. I thought his the layout he had was more of a corporate type view of everything. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that AP was just coming from the heart. He wrote some stuff down, but then after that, it was it was all systems go. He, it, it, AP was more authentic in his. Uh, Retort. Sam, as an
1: unbiased observer, do you think any other producers resent anybody else besides Mraz from what you've seen or heard around the building? I I don't honestly think I can say that anyone necessarily resents
3: anyone else. I know people get frustrated with everyone now and again just because you're in this tight environment every day. But I don't think people get frustrated like they do with Mraz because, you know, no one else kind of walks around chest out going, hey, look at me. Look at my 1110.
2: <laughs> Which I, is
1: a fraudulent 1110. You know, it's
2: a big fraud. I said it that day and I knew it and, and exactly proved my point when we rescored that test. Um, I think also people have a soft spot for Mraz. I think people, you know, he's like not the jolly green giant, but like the jolly, yeah. jolly, yeah. overweight guy. Jolly, jolly big guy. Jolly big guy who likes sports, who likes eating, who likes watching sports and eating at the same time and I, I think people just just like that personality, but he doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't yeah. know when's like, "All right, that's it. You don't have to keep gloating about your eleven ten you know take a well, lap.
1: yeah, and look i I don't think it's a stretch to say that every producer here works as hard or harder than him. I mean, he's certainly not seen as the hardest worker
2: no he's he's not going to be on the top ten list.
1: I mean, I, I would say that out of all of the the producers here, he's seen as a bottom third work ethic guy,
2: yeah, he, <laughs> it's
1: probably fair, uh,
2: right? yeah, I, I would say that's fair. so
1: what i what I see is these guys are all going, we all work as hard or harder than you. You're not seen as one of the 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 grinders around here. and you puff out your chest and the you like winner. and you like to shove it in people's faces. Fine. And you're gonna call me out on the radio? Well, now the gloves are off.
2: I think I think because he's a sore winner, it makes every it 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 puts everything else into focus. Right. I think if he had like like this week, if he had just respond if he had just held off on Twitter and not responded to anything that was happening this week, and came back next week, you don't you don't think about the other stuff. I think because he so wants to be. Out in front and so wants to brag or complain, I think that causes everything else to be. And
1: when he calls himself a locker room leader, wears that badge, and then he (laughs) throws everybody Everybody. publicly under the bus. Everybody.
2: Everyone can't do his job. He should. I mean, I look at it this way. Like, look, him and I, you know, we know this business. You know this business very well. We can all be replaced at some point.
1: Very easily.
2: It's just how it is. And you can't, you can't think about, you can't. I mean, your heart, you know that you are talented enough to where it's going to be hard for someone to replace me. But it can, it can happen.
1: It can be done, and it will be done.
2: Yeah. So there has to be some humility, I think. On he that doesn't regard, he not have any of that. It's very, he's very brash with it, and I, I think that sometimes, sometimes it helps him. I mean, some, his brashness sometimes helps him, but a lot of times he'll get the uh, the looks from the staff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sam, it's been a good week having you in, buddy. It's been it's been fun working with you. You filled in seamlessly. Well, Thank you. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's it's good to be able to be more a
3: part of the show because I love what Cap does. I love being on Watch Da, but you're not. You don't get to be in the studio. You right. don't get to be in there with the microphone in front of you. So if something comes up, like. Another wild incident in the state of Florida. I can add a little something to it. I was
1: going to say, it has helped to have a native Floridian in this week because, you know, stunned to a Noose is basically Florida every day.
2: Right. It's like like bringing in Jim Cantore to talk about the weather. He's he's talking about Florida. (laughs) He's the expert. Yes.
1: (laughs) Very good. All right. That was Side A. Here comes Side B with the dessert coordinator. All right. Time now for Side B of the PGP. Joining us here on the show, a triumphant return. The one and only dessert coordinator, Brad Heller, who is filling in these last two days for Andrew Bogish. Heller, good morning. Good morning, DA. What's going on? It's been a while, I feel like. It has been a while. And this is the first time of you doing your updates for our new time slot. So, what's the new, the new format work for you? Because it used to be consolidated, music bed, you knew when to be, when to be in and out, timed. Now, it's free floating. You can go as long as you want. You and I interact in between. The rest of the guys jump in. Were you comfortable with that?
4: Yeah, it definitely gives you a little more freedom. I mean, to have the self-contained, like, oh, it's exactly a minute and 40 seconds. It's one thing to to be contained to that time, which is a challenge. But you also know, yeah, it's at the top of the hour, at the bottom of the hour, because when I do cover for Bogus, I'm doing a couple stations at once, so In terms of getting the routine set, top and bottom of the hour, you know where you have to be and when. So the floating thing makes it just getting used to the routine. This was day one. But to have that freedom to interact with you guys and just being able to, you know, once we get into the flow, finding some interesting stories or mispronouncing names that allows us to then have fun with it for the rest of the day or the year.
1: How did you pronounce the Fighting Illini? Illinois. Illinois. (laughs) Illinois,
4: which I've, I don't think I've ever said that ever in my life.
1: And you're a huge college sports fan, so you know how to pronounce the Fighting Illini.
4: And I've said it probably, and I was a big, I almost, I wanted to go to Illinois. I had an Illinois hat growing up. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Um, Something about maybe because they, I think it was the fact that they played in Champagne, and that's where the
1: school is. Well, Something yeah, about okay.
4: that that got my attention. Yeah. You know, when like you're... Happy Valley for Penn State. I was like, champagne that's amazing. I, I want to live there. Little you did know? you
1: realize that Champaign, Illinois is the farthest thing from what you would imagine Champagne representing.
4: Well, as soon as um, I randomly knew someone that went there and they're like, yeah, it's about a three hour drive from uh, Chicago. I'm like, what? In the middle of nowhere exactly. with nothing going on. Yeah. Let me just drive three hours to Syracuse and do that instead. Same n- school colors and everything.
1: There is nothing champagne y about Champagne, exactly. Illinois. Exactly. So, Illinois, you said, and then <laughs> if that happens in a normal update with music and it's constrained, we can't joke about
4: that. No. And then it just, I think it would just throw everything off. You have this set amount of time where you react, you uh, 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 correct it, and then you got to move on. And the next thing you know, it's like, the update's over, and maybe you get cut off or something. So this at least allowed me to react
1: to it in real time and,
4: and have a little
1: fun with it. And within seconds, Bilotti had the drop ready to go. I mean, if it wasn't the epic fail, it was certainly probably the runner off. Had it happened <laughs> earlier in the morning, it probably could have been the epic fail. Yeah. We already had <laughs> Anthony had Pierno one. from yesterday okay. queued up because he just the takedown of Moraz was epic. Would you think about Stun to a News, how that works at the end of the up. Of an update you toss to the open and then we have a non-sport story today you found a great one it was river otter attacks bulldog in yard woman picks up river otter by tail throws it out of the house
4: and celebrates
1: triumphantly yeah like a touchdown dance right.
4: <laughs> uh i boy, i think it's uh a great little well first of all i wasn't sure what the intro was going to be pete the body was like just throw the intro i'm like all right, I'm wondering what the intro is, because I didn't know where the, the title of the the segment came from. And then, then of course, you hear Miraz and I'm like, okay, right? now I get it. Because <laughs> I wasn't even sure how to pronounce what the actual segment was. I didn't have to say it. But then when you hear Miraz, you're like, yep, that sounds about right.
1: Right, well, it's grammatically very incorrect. Right. Stunned to a news. <laughs> 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 yeah,
4: because I even, like, typed it in. I'm like, just to know where it was in my list of scripts, and I'm like, stunted to a what am I stunting to? And then when Morass said it, I'm like, that's what it is. Yes. That's yeah. what it is. So yeah. I like the idea of finding, and because you had said to me about dessert stories, I'm like, well, wait a minute. If the freedom is, as long as, if, if the only guideline is non-sports, yeah. I'm like, well, here we go. Yeah, yeah. You know? So now now I have time and uh, with some advanced notice and now the idea of what I'm looking for, I can you know certainly dive into the dessert uh, category and see what we can come up with. At As, least one this week, hopefully.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice. As dessert coordinator with Valentine's Day coming up on Friday, what do you consider the best Valentine's-themed dessert? Well, uh, full disclosure, Valentine's Day is also my half-birthday.
4: Oh. So I've I've played oh, wow. that up. <laughs> we could do a whole segment on that. Uh, sorry, you actually, PGP listeners. You
1: actually get away with with playing that off to the girlfriend? She actually buys into that?
4: Buy in is a strong. Okay. it's a strong phrase, but it is known. I mean, because half birthday is Valentine's Day, means my summer, my ber- regular birthday is a summer thing. So in school, it always got overlooked. You know, all summer oh, birthdays. This oh. goes back. This this kind of digs deep if we're going to really. So you're August fourteenth. August fourteenth, and in my school growing up, summer birthdays were all celebrated on the same day. And I'm like. When would you celebrate it? Like the last day of school. The last day of school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so everybody in the class with a summer birthday would all be celebrated on, like, June 21st or something. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I want my own day. Yeah. I want want to be able to walk around to the school and pass out my dessert to other classes. So this is where you adopted the half birthday. Absolutely. And also, too, it became, well, wait a minute, you know, all those years of being single, Uh like, well, not everybody has reason to celebrate Valentine's Day, but everybody can celebrate okay. my half-birthday. Okay, So you play so, it up enough, you start getting
1: dessert from family, family so and friends. So your single days, you would say, <laughs> forget Valentine's Day, screw that, it's my half-birthday, I'm celebrating. It was a cliche Facebook post every year on February 14th. And you would get desserts out of it. You would get candies and I,
4: I mean, I would. My, my, my mom would play it up for sure. Amazing. You know, the cookie cake. You can't go wrong with a... A Valentine's Day themed cookie cake with the icing and a no, hard that's, shape. That's true. Know.
1: So is your girlfriend going to play into the half birthday on Friday?
4: Uh I think um sarcastically she will. Okay. But knowing deep down, like let's let's, you know, be real about what the real <laughs> holiday is. So I, I have to at least She'll play along on the half-birthday side as long as I, mm. you know, play
1: along okay. on
4: the Valentine's Day
1: side. I was going to say red velvet cake. Is that a Valentine's Day dessert? For sure. Um, I mean, it's I'm not— to think of pinks and reds and whites.
4: You know, you, you can't go wrong with— um. Yeah, and that's the thing. All these candies now, too. Like, you know, M&M's have the pink and white m and So it's almost like any candy or any dessert mm. you can find, you know, whether it is red velvet or mm-hmm. just— Everything seems to be red and white themed now. So, Mm -hmm. or if not like Reese's peanut butter cups are now heart shaped, you know, they,
1: these companies get it. I wonder if making candy is now much cheaper than ever before, because probably it would have been difficult to turn around just a Valentine's day themed Reese's peanut butter cup like 20 years ago. Now they can just pop it out for a couple of days and it's fine, right? But also too, the way the way we seem to celebrate holidays, like the heart themed
4: stuff, like every holiday is now being celebrated like two, three months in advance. Like the True. Easter stuff's already out. True. You know what I mean? Like next to the heart shaped Reese's peanut butter cups or the Cadbury eggs. It's like, wait a minute. Like not now.
1: So they just stumbled upon as a candy industry that we will buy candy themed or holiday themed candy for weeks on end. I think so. I mean, whether it's Thanksgiving, the Christmas
4: time, I mean all all the the, the holiday themed stuff, color wise, however they however however each brand decides to do it. I mean, it seems to be rolling out earlier and earlier. Do you
1: like the Valentine's candies, the little chalky be mine the candy? hearts? Yeah. I
4: I think they 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 taste kind of like uh, what tums Okay, you know they may okay. actually help with indigestion too. I, yeah. don't, I don't know, but yeah, I saw those in the store yesterday, and you walk by them. Or where was I? There was like a, a, a jar of them out. I was like, oh, you walk by, you're like. But then yeah, everybody's got their hands in those. So
1: a milk chocolate heart. Would you be into that? Big brick of milk chocolate. Dark chocolate has to be dark, not I, milk.
4: I, I I lean towards
1: the dark chocolate. Okay, but yeah.
4: I mean, why not? Okay, and but they get bigger and bigger. Yeah, now. yeah. I mean, they're like life size.
1: Yeah, I know. Huh. Um, okay.
4: What the little now? It's not just you know. There's the dove squares. Now they come in heart shaped, um, Hershey Kisses. That's <laughs> all. You know. All you think about it. You talk about brands. You know, saving money and how they churn out candy. All you have to do is your Hershey Kisses. Uh, let's go from the silver wrapping to the red wrapping. Yep. Put some little hearts on that little string at the top, and boom, you got yourself a new and you
1: candy. can and you can save the red ones from Christmas when they have the red and greens. Exactly. You
4: go to the m and store here in Manhattan. You just go right to the red and pink section of the M&M's and just pull that lever down and fill up a couple bags. Next thing you know, you got your holiday theme. You go green and red, you got Christmas. That's it's all. a
1: whole racket. I mean... Before I let you go, what did you think the last two days of the producers fighting back on Moraz? We had Anthony Pierno on Tuesday and then Mike Sampter on Wednesday. They needed a platform. I mean, Moraz
4: kind of just... He kind of did it just offhanded, like, yeah, overrated, overrated. Like, not thinking that, like, well, wait a minute. Like, he's going away for a week, and now you're giving these guys the platform to defend themselves. Yeah, You know, I mean, Mraz kind of just rolls through here like the Tasmanian devil, just throwing shots left and right, like yeah. Yosemite Sam, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. just thinks that, like, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm bulletproof. Like, yeah. no. That's not how it they, works. They need that. They they've have that chance now to defend themselves. You know what I mean? Like a Baseglia or a Samter who's, like, might not – might come in after Mraz is gone. Like, yeah. you know, he comes in and finds out, wait a minute, I heard, you know, all this stuff. about. They, and
1: about they me. both, both Pierno and Samter, went off pretty good. They must have had that building. I think there's a lot of guys that have been sitting on some stuff for a while.
4: Pierno for sure. I mean, sure. Pierno a ticking time bomb. <laughs> you know, I mean, he needed he needed that release. He I bet he it. walked out the doors here of of our intercom building it was just like a weight lifted off his chest
1: and they both made very good points right and that's the thing they're not wrong no they're not wrong
4: you know and and we know miraz is listening and i wonder like if even on some level deep down he's like yeah
1: (laughs) does he have the self-awareness to realize that well yeah they do make some good points
4: i think on some level everybody has self-awareness it's just a matter of Are they aware of their self-awareness, or are they just putting up a total front? You know, putting up those like tinted glasses and just like, nope.
1: And if they're lying through it, like they're just gonna, they're never going to admit that they realize. And you know, if you believe a lie,
4: you know, long you believe it long enough, you know, is it really? It ends up being true. You know what I mean? Right. What's the Seinfeld
1: saying? It's not a lie if you believe it. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, good to have you aboard the new morning mothership.
4: Yeah, good to be, uh, it, and it's good to see you because uh, this is my schedule every day. Yeah. It's been that way for, believe it or not, nine years. Yeah. So, and this was your schedule back in the day. Yes. Uh, in a, in another lifetime. So it's 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 good to see you back. You know, the bags are starting to slowly form yeah. under your eyes. I can recommend some some facial concealer, products, perhaps and some concealer, and yeah. some some uh herbs and and things. To- I'll need all of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a, We'll give it a couple
1: months. <laughs> 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 Subscribe to the PGP by as we always say going to its own iTunes feed or the normal Apple podcast feed of the DA show until next week. The Permission Granted podcast is